Hello and welcome to Cody and Corbin have a podcast, the show where two former roommates talk about Ratatouille. Ah, Paris, France, home of the finest restaurants and the greatest chefs in the world. All my life I've wanted to be one of them. You may think that's a strange dream for a rat, but I always believe that with hard work and a little luck, it's only a matter of time before I'm discovered. What would happen if anyone knew we are the rats in our kitchen? Go! Take it away from here, garbage boy! Don't look at me like that! You're the one who was getting fancy with the spices! I need this job. I've lost so many. I don't know how to cook, and now I'm actually talking to a rat as if you... Did you not? You understand me? I can't cook, but you can, right? Look, don't be so modest. You're a rat for Pete's sake. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? We just need to work out a system so that I do what you want. Stop that! Stop what? Clicking me out! I want to make things, Dad. Stay away from the humans. It's dangerous. Now shut up and eat your garbage. As always, I'm your host, Corbin's a vocal, and joining me is my co-host, is there a little chef up there somewhere, Cody, you know, controlling you? Uh, Cody Webb, what's going on, man? <laughs> uh, very happy to be here. This is a uh, much-anticipated episode for myself. You know, some do say I look a little bit, uh, you know, like the Linguini character. I don't see it that much. I don't know. I may miss it. Yeah, you know, a uh, slight resemblance. I couldn't imagine who would ever, uh, you know, make those comparisons. <laughs> I, I would never, of course. I think in the past, maybe it's been noted I'm not a huge fan of this movie or I don't love it as much as you. So maybe we had to bring in a little backup for the the positive side of this movie. So um, we wanted to bring on a guest who uh, really appreciated the uh, the art of rats in the kitchen. Good friend of mine, co-worker, Katrina Stebbins. Katrina, how's it going? Welcome Hello. to the podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. You are the only person I know who doesn't like this movie. <laughs> I would love okay. to hear you defend yourself. So we'll get into it. I, I wouldn't say I don't actually. Like I think it's a good movie. There's a lot of things I appreciated about it, but it just doesn't maybe connect with me on the same level as it does for so many, so many people, especially in our generation. But we'll get into that. Let's start with why. Why me? Why did you pick me? Now, this is actually kind of twofold because you both really wanted to talk about this movie. Cody. We'll throw it over to you in a second. But first of all, Katrina, what was it about? You know, what was it? Is it because I just hate it so much? Yeah, I mean, like, this is, I think it's on my, like, 50 favorite movies of all time. It's somewhere on there. Like, that list is a mess. But um, it's got a lot of sentimental value for me. Um, I, I mean, I'll talk about the reasons why I love it. But it's just, like, it's Paris. Like, I've, I've never gotten to go to Paris. And this movie has made me want to go to Paris ever since I was eight years old. But yeah, I mean, I, we can get into the specifics later, but you're it's, crazy for not liking this movie. <laughs> Very <laughs> idealized. Cody, Cody will have your back. Cody, why, why did you, why have you, you've been begging me for weeks. I've been, we've been holding off because we need the timing. We needed to have Katrina here, but mm. Cody's been like chomping at the bit, Ratatouille next, Ratatouille. So what, what is yeah. it? Cody? Well, I don't know. I've just, you know, wanted to do this movie for a while. I think going back to... It was a long time ago when originally, I think it was May Mania or something, uh, maybe before that, we were like, oh, we're doing the Ratatouille podcast, you know, everybody get hype. 
and then we just had to put it off for a little bit which is understandable but it's just like a movie i really enjoy and and i feel like there's a lot to talk about with it it's kind of nostalgia based for me as well which i'll get into i'm on the same page as katrina i would probably put this in my top 50 somewhere as well Cody, did you feel a revitalization in your love for the uh, art of the cooking movie and like the the chef scene with your binging of the bear recently? Is that maybe also connected here? I'd say maybe that plays a little bit into it. You know, I'm a sucker for like food media. So you love chef too. Dude, you're taking my recommendations for later. Sorry, sorry. Uh, But uh, yeah, the bear season two, of course, I've harped on. I like that a lot. And yeah, recency bias. This is kind of a little bit different flavor to like behind the scenes of the kitchen. Um, so I think you can definitely relate this to. For sure. All right, let's get into our first category here. Do you remember? Do you remember? I don't really remember the first time I saw it. I can say for sure I never saw this movie in theaters. My family showed me a lot of like early Disney movies and we had a lot of VHS tapes, but I don't have a lot of like going to see Pixar movies in theater memories. Um, I think I've talked about in the past, like doing like those movie nights at my school. So maybe that was where this came to me. But I think that's probably also why I, I don't have as much of a connection. Did either of you guys see this in theaters? Yeah, I, I I saw it like the summer that it came out. I grew up overseas, so it was like a novelty to see movies in the States, like as soon as they were out, because we usually had to wait like a week or two. And I saw it at for five dollars a matinee showing on like a thursday afternoon those were the days (laughs) literally uh in michigan in the suburbs of detroit and um i remember thinking well for one my brother was like five at the time and he had to be take my mom had to take him out of the theater because he was really afraid during the opening sequence which Notably is like rated G, but yeah, yeah. My mom would all like has any time I bring up Ratatouille to my mother, she's like, "Oh, it should have been rated PG." Like it's they, a little intense, a lot. But um, yeah, I also remember watching the short film before, which I also revisited before this. I am I was underwhelmed by it then. It's it's lifted. It's the one with the alien. Mm. Underwhelmed by it then, and I'm underwhelmed by it now. It's not one of my favorites. All right, calling it out, Cody. What about you? Uh, what was your first Ratatouille experience memory? Yeah, mine was a little bit later on. It wasn't directly when it came out, but the first time I remember seeing it was I was actually in middle school. And it was in that weird part. I don't even know if other schools do this, but basically our like sixth grade, there's like a, a hybrid Spanish and French class. So you kind of took both and then you would decide, you know, which one you actually want to take for the next two years or whatever. I don't know, not very important. But in this class, we watched this. Trilingual, film. Cody. That's shout out to you <laughs> in sixth grade. Eh, a little bit, you know. Je m'appelle. But um, yeah, it, it basically for the French side, obviously, they showed this movie and it made me really like France, but I still ended up taking Spanish. Um, but anyways, yeah, that's the first time I watched it. Also, just a weird fun fact, in that class for the Spanish and French, the teacher's name was Mrs. French, and I still took Spanish the next year. <laughs> So yeah, fun stuff, but it was more like nostalgia, kind of like middle school vibes for me rather than like super young. Respectful. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's, I would say middle school is probably when I saw it, but I never took a French class. Maybe that's where my, uh, I don't know. I was, I didn't have that connection there. It was always Spanish all the way through. Listen <laughs> Let's get into our initial thoughts. Good morning, Vietnam! Cody, take it away. I know you love it. Just shower with praises. <laughs> I'll kick it off. I mean, from Pixar standards, 
I think this is pretty much top tier for them. They do make a lot of very good quality um, film, so it is hard to kind of judge where to put it, but I'd say top five for me pretty easily. In a sense, it doesn't get as respected as much as some of the other Pixar films, just because it does have a bit of a weird premise, I would say. And there's like goofy action throughout. Uh, just like a random thing I love about this movie is how like a tiny little human chef is having like a, a spy thriller chase with a rat who's like holding important evidence. Like it's so ridiculous, but then at the same time, it has like really cool themes about like, you know, anyone can cook. Obviously, just Gusto's off the bat, but it kind of leads itself into just this really cool winding story. It's a character piece behind, you know, somebody who just loves to cook and is passionate about something. So I think it's kind of got the best of both worlds. It's fun and it's also, you know, can get deeper at the same time. What is it in, in rewatching it that like kind of first comes to you, Katrina? I mean, I was always affected by the score. Like I still have the, not the title song, but the big song um, all like saved on my playlist. I used to fall asleep to like the main theme when I was younger. I've always been like really affected by music and it just like the the shot where he is going up the apartment building and then he like looks over Paris and the music swells like that's still like in my brain like maybe like top 10 movie moment for me Paris all this time I've been underneath Paris It's beautiful. The most beautiful. And that's when I was like, I have to go to Paris. I want to go to Paris. And I also think, like, upon rewatching it yesterday, like, I did a little bit of film criticism in college, and, like, clearly I'm sort of doing it now. But it has it has some interesting things to say about criticism right there at the end. I think Ego's monologue is maybe, like, my favorite, like, scene in the movie. And then, yeah, I think the voice acting, which is like clearly strong. Maybe Corbin, you'll talk about that later with the interchangeability some of thoughts. <laughs> yeah, of Pat Oswalt and Sean Astin. But um, I was just I was watch I was watching it like on a walk, like the last twenty minutes, and I just couldn't have my phone out in front of me. But I was just listening to the ego monologue, and I was like, "Wow, Peter O'Toole! Like, what a voice!" <laughs> rest in but, peace. Rest in peace. Yes, but yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I, I do, I like what you have to say about the criticism piece and this movie has a ton to say about that. It has a ton to say about just like the, like being an artist, like being a chef is just another form of that. And like Brad Bird and the rest of the writers are talking like, you know, the burden of being an artist and being a great creative. And like maybe to some degrees, that's part of what turns me off. Like it's a little too much of that sometimes, you know, Remy is so predestined and so exceptional, but Overall, it just doesn't connect with me because of I find it to be a little bit too long at points. Maybe it's a little boring for me. I really don't like the voice cast overall, particularly Pat Oswalt. Pat Oswalt is a hot take. I'm just not a fan of his uh, in this movie. I do think there's some good work. Uh, Brad Garrett is fantastic. Piero Tool is great. Lou Romano, I could definitely probably take your leave for Linguini. Um, that character is all kind of just a mess as a whole. Um, and Janine Garofalo is, is good as Colette. But just for me, there's a lot of like hit or miss moments in the voice cast. 
and yeah, just I think some of the Brad Bird, like, hey, I'm a great artist stuff. If you really want to read into it, can get a little, eh, it's not for me. But there is definitely some cool stuff about criticism and living up to your parents' legacy, whether that's through the Linguini character or the Remy character. I just want to say Ratatouille is an incredible name, though, for this movie. Just like, obviously, it's a story about a rat. This is obviously the most easy thing you can say about it. But like a story about a rat, but then also like the dish of Ratatouille is literally pivotal to the plot and the way it kind of fits in of being a peasant's dish and a dish that can be for anyone. And like, literally, everybody has to eat and everybody has to cook. And like, this is a form of artistry that can like, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter who you are. Anybody can kind of, anyone can cook like that. And I think that message is really cool in the way that Ratatouille as a title is integrated and just like how much that sticks with you and how easy it is to remember. Um, it does make it hard to Google if you search Ratatouille, the dish just pops up instead of the movie, but otherwise, you know, great title. You know, going back to roll credits and uh, I agree. Also, I just tried to look up, you know, backgrounds for Ratatouille and all I could find was just pictures of, you know, the, the dish Ratatouille. So definitely tough. Some SEO optimization needs to happen. <laughs> I feel like this movie is really important for like, our generation w would you guys agree with that like it's it came out you know I was seven I guess I don't know exactly like you guys were around you know, at a similar age whether it's like the Ratatouille musical on TikTok that kind of blew up or even like the way the role it plays in something like everything everywhere all at once that had such a big impact in the last year like I don't know I just this this has always felt so significant especially for our generation and like people that I know in school I mean obviously clearly it resonates with both of you guys yeah I think that I was looking at the chronology of Pixar movies and it was right there at the end of I think it was before Disney acquired Pixar it was right at the end of the sort of Pixar golden distribution yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah like I because I think like what came after that Toy Story 4 which obviously or 3 which obviously everybody loves but then it was like Cars 2 and then Brave and then it just dropped off. Um, I was eight when it came out and I wouldn't say I was like approaching the end of my of the appropriate age for a Pixar movie because I still love them but maybe I was getting there I think maybe like five to primary audience maybe right like, you exactly. know Pixar movies the thing about them is that like they transcend whatever age you are but like that primary age group I think we were right in the sweet spot for this one yeah and I think like some of the like obviously very fantastical elements were just like if I if I watched it now I probably wouldn't be as taken with it I'd be like because there's a lot more to the absurdity of the movie than just a rat that can cook there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff but so maybe I was at the the end of my ability to suspend my disbelief for that kind of stuff yeah and I mean like you said it is the most in a way, it's the most outlandish premise of a Pixar movie during that time. Like, Incredibles, like, it's just a superhero movie, you know? Cars, sure, it's talking cars, you know, whatever. Toy Story, your toys come to life. But, like, a rat that's puppeteering a man to become a Michelin, star, you know, a five-star chef in Paris. And, yeah, you know, it's kind of, it's it's really out there. And it, it's kind of crazy um, the way it kind of fits into the, the history of Pixar, like you said. Let's move on to... Uh, IMDb known for. Do I know you? I mean, where do I know you from? All right, let's start with Brad Bird, one of the two credited directors on this one. Pulling up his IMDb, the four things he's known for are The Incredibles, Ratatouille, Incredibles 2, and The Iron Giant. Cody, what do you think about that, man? Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, I am glad that The Iron Giant is on there. 
But I'm kind of surprised because obviously he did a, a live action Mission Impossible movie as well, uh, the fourth one, which has, you know, the big Tom Cruise, you know, hanging off buildings and stuff stunt. So I'm a bit surprised that's not on there because I do like that film. But I'm personally, I'm kind of happy with that list. I think for me, those are probably his best four films. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like he's significant in the history of Pixar and like in a lot of ways, he's had his hands on a ton of these movies and you can see him, you know, listed as senior creative team on, on every Pixar movie through the years. This movie is one where he was literally brought in to kind of save after the fact, the original guy, John Pinkava, which we can talk about had the idea. He was whole, it was his whole thing, rats cooking. And then they were like, Oh, this is disgusting and gross. And it's never going to work. Brad bird, do your magic touch, do your iron giant Incredibles thing and, and save this movie. So it's, I think it's cool that this one's there. And of course the Incredibles, like you said, Incredibles 2 to me is surprising. I feel like I, I would maybe see a, a live action thing swapped in, um, but it's definitely not going to be Tomorrowland. So I don't, I don't know. What, what are, you, are you a fan of Ghost Pro- Protocol at all, Katrina? <laughs> I've, I've never, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Tom Cruise. <laughs> it's, I've, which I've, one is I've, it, Cody? Six? Mission Impossible I've, six? Four, five? Four. Four. Oh, it's four. Okay. I've never seen any of those Mission Impossible movies. Literally, the only Tom Cruise movie I've seen is Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, that's what I mean. You're really not missing out. (laughs) (laughs) Not, but uh, yeah, Brad Bird, these four. uh, I would defend Incredibles too, though. I don't know. I I think it just gets hated on because it's not as good as The Incredibles. But that's like a hard kind of sequel, I feel like, to, to kind of you know, live up to in a sense. I don't know. He obviously hasn't been like the main director on a, on a ton of stuff. It'll it'll be interesting to see what uh, Brad Bird's next project is going to be. Hopefully not another Mission Impossible movie. But... <laughs> I don't think we're going to, we're yeah. ever going to see uh, McCory hop away from that. Uh, this other guy, John Pinkava, his four, Ratatouille, Jerry's Game, A Bug's Life, and Monsters, Inc. Bug's Life and Monsters, Inc. He's just art department, animation department and art department for uh, Ratatouille, he's a director, and Jerry's Game is just the short, which that's the one, the chess playing short. And I th- I don't know which movie that, I like that one. before, but that was kind of like his thing. He got started out doing that short, and then that got him a little bit of leverage to maybe start Ratatouille getting made, despite it kind of being taken away. Oh, that was the guy who left the project. Okay. I yeah. thought you said, I don't know. I've never heard of that guy, so that, that probably sucks. This was probably like his passion or something. <laughs> gross rats apparently is what we were in for potentially so we maybe uh, dodged a big bullet there okay lead build is brad garrett everybody loves raymond christopher robin tangled and ratatouille he plays gusto in this cody what do you think about that as his four i think that's a fine four for brad garrett i mean personally what i know him from is uh the brother from everybody loves raymond so that everything is else number I'm... one yeah 200 episodes like, uh Jimmy John's commercials these days, I think. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know how he's top billing. How how is Pat Oswald not top billing? I, I don't understand that. Animation, you know, voice acting, things are crazy. He's the, he's the bigger guy. He had the Romano connection. <laughs> he's a nobody. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, Cody. I don't know what to tell you. Um, Katrina, do you know Brad Garrett? What's your connection to Brad Garrett? Have I have one? no. Con- I have no connection to Brad Garrett at all. Most of these actors. No connection at all. <laughs> he plays the hook hand thug in Tangled. Big, big voice. Oh, yeah. Uh, Eeyore in Christopher Robin. And also in the uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet, he plays Eeyore again in that. So oh. a lot of just weird voice stuff. Double Eeyore. That's dope. The voice of Linguini, Lou Romano. 
he's an interesting guy. He's an animation guy before a uh, voice actor more than anything. So, you know, uh, worked in the art department for Samurai Jack, uh, worked on Little Prince as a production designer. He's also in The Incredibles, though, as Bernie Kropp, who's the teacher, which I think is such a weird, like, comparing that character to Linguini. They just don't seem <laughs> at all the same. What do you think, Katrina? <laughs> I can hear, I can kind of- The guy gets terrorized now, by Dash. Yeah, no, now now that I'm like replaying the whole, I like coincidence, I think not line in my head, I can hear it, uh, but that- Get that, that guy in the kitchen. Right there, right as I'm sitting down. I don't know, I don't know how he does it, he, but, but, but there's no tack on my stool before he moves and after he moves, there's a tack. Coincidence, I think not. Uh. Bernie. Don't Bernie me. This little rat is guilty. Yeah, I just like, wow. Because he's in this, isn't he in the second one too? He was in the Lego The Incredibles, the video game. So there's that. I don't think he, he appeared in Cars 2, the video game. Is, yeah, I don't, I don't think he was in Incredibles 2, sadly. They should have brought him back, maybe for the third one. We can hope. Tough. Any thoughts on Linguini's, uh, the voice actor for Linguini, Cody, Lou Romano? I think he's good. Honestly, I don't even know who that is either. Um, you're going deep cuts with the billing. I feel like, you know, Peter O'Toole, you know, little Patton Oswald, but what was this guy's name? I don't even know. Something Fool? Lou Romano, Cody. Oh, Lou. Fool Lou. Kind of close. <laughs> I genuinely don't know who that is, so my bad. <laughs> he works for Pixar, man. That's sick. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Patton Oswald, the main guy. Here are the four things he's known for. Young adult, Ratatouille, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, and The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Would those, you know, fit in with your view of Patton Oswalt, Katrina? No, I I don't know why I feel so, def like, defensive for Patton Oswalt, like, when it comes to you uh, mistaking him for another actor. Because I literally, all I know him from is Parks and Rec, his one... Uh, episode stint on Parks and Rec, but specifically the like the real life eight minute monologue that he did about the convergence of the Star Wars and whatever other fandoms. I also actually I've seen his stand up and I like his stand up. So I think that um, I think he's just like an adorable guy. I think he does well in this role. I don't I don't know what the <laughs> beef is with this, but I like Patton Oswalt as a person. <laughs> okay, sure. I literally, I don't think I, I've never seen Seguido Friend for the End of the World. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to be honest, I haven't seen any of the, like, no. I've seen The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, but he doesn't really play a huge role in that movie. Yeah. And Young Adult, I am going to be honest, I don't even know what that is. Jason Reitman directed Charlize Theron and Patrick Wilson Vehicle. Okay. Uh, 2011. But I would agree 100%. Parks and Rec should be on here. It's it's what everyone knows him for. It's Cody. I mean, come on. That's that's your Pat Oswalt connection, right? I believe it's the convergence of uh, the MCU and Star Wars, if I'm not mistaken. And I mean, he literally wrote the Book of Boba Fett. I'm pretty sure in that yeah. scene. They, you know, they... He's just, I, I think, a really good guy. Just really great nerd. Also, he is in Agents of Shield, which is obviously a great show. So I've shot that out. But yeah, I think Parks and Rec for me is is definitely like oh. How's that not up there as well? well? We'll replace Walter Mitty with uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just as a, a Cap classic <laughs> shout out there because Cody loves that you. show. You ever seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Katrina? I've seen the first like season. Wow. Um, but I, I didn't fall through. You made a good decision in my opinion. 
you're not missing much. But Muncie, Indiana, my hometown, featured in, in Agents of Shield. So and in Parks and Recreation. I don't know who gives it a more positive light. Probably, uh, probably neither. The good, the bad, the ugly. Let's start with the good stuff. I, I can say good stuff about this movie, guys. You know, it, it is possible for me. So uh, I will say the food, it looks incredible. Every scene with the cooking and the, the way the animation is done, that's all super well done. It also makes, like I said, it makes the rats not look like really disgusting and scary creatures. Like a kid can watch this and be like, oh, you know, there are rats cooking. Yes, there's some frightening and inten intense things happen, but it's never because the characters are rats. So the fact that they can make that, you know, kind of pleasant imagery, you know, it's, it's more of like a fluffy, cuddly creature that you're okay with cooking. Um, and anytime it does more of the abstract stuff, whether it's like the flashback, Anton Ego as a child, or even just like the more creative black, like the black screen with the fun animations when they're trying food, like that stuff is really cool to me. And I wish it was almost more experimental and would, you know, go to, to greater lengths to kind of play with those ideals when it comes to cooking and eating throughout the movie, rather than just those few moments. But I think that stuff is all super interesting. And it, it's really just a, a beautiful movie overall. I completely agree. Um, I'll just jump in and, and throw a couple of mine. And bouncing off, I mean, what Katrina was saying earlier too, the score is one of my favorites as well. This movie in general, it's it's kind of just like a love letter to Paris, I think. Um, especially the, like you were saying, that opening kind of scene to it where he's just running around. There's even that one-off thing where like uh, the French lady has like a gun up <laughs> to her boyfriend's head, which I always think is funny. But then the swell of the music, like you said, when he comes up to the roof, that is a beautiful shot. And um, I think if I do go to Paris, I'm going to have to play that music when I get there as well. But past that too, we mentioned it as well, but Ego, I think, is a really surprisingly good, I guess he's an antagonist. Obviously, you know, spoiler, we're getting into the thick of it here, but he does turn out to be kind of their friends at the end, which I do like that turn. But his introduction, it's pretty late into the movie too. Obviously, like you get the opening, um, a little bit of him, you know, monologuing. One but hour like, and six minutes until he shows up again, Cody. Yeah, I did mark it down as well. Because I think that's really cool. Like, hold off. You really just get a lot of Remy character development in the first hour. And I think it's only like an hour 40 anyways. So the last half hour is kind of like Ego versus Linguini, that that big beef, which I do like that. The coffin set up in his office is really cool. Um, obviously, Peter O'Toole is amazing, I think, in this role. And like you said, his last review, it's more of like a review on himself, I think, as a critic, than he kind of just went in, you know, predestined of what he's going to say about the place and then just had a totally different vibe with it, which I think it's cool when you have like sudden character development like that in these movies, too. But I thought, uh, you know, villain wise for Pixar, it's definitely a lot more kind of unique than what we would normally see. Yeah, it is definitely cool the way that they kind of split it up, like you said, the your main bad guy the, the little short chef what is his name skinner chef skinner skinner yeah. uh the, the mustachioed freak running around where you think he's kind of the the main bad guy but then really like 30 minutes are left in the movie like you said and he's he's wrapped up and handled and it, it's interesting the way it paces that maybe i don't love that at all times but uh katrina what do you think is the good stuff about this i think that cooking things like generally are really amazing for me to watch because i cannot cook at all like I couldn't make what's what's an easy dish like I I probably couldn't even make a decent grilled cheese oh. but I think that like I I love the, the way that good cooking movies uh sort of 
exemplify creativity. Like I think we were talking about the bear a little bit earlier. The bear did it in the in the the episode where um, Sydney goes off on her little Chicago adventure. I think this movie does it in obviously the the tossing and throwing things into the pot soup scene, the the moments where Remy is putting things together that are unfamiliar, which I have done and have like closed my eyes and tried to imagine like bursts behind them. I think that's really cool. I think that the scene where Ego eats the ratatouille, um, I've, I've been nostalgic my whole life. For what? I don't know. I just like, connect very strongly to the feeling of nostalgia. And I was eight years old when I saw this movie for the first time. But as soon as he was sort of transported back to being a kid. And I think Pixar really does these like, specifically these climactic emotional beats so well. Like they do something sort of similar in Soul, which is another a Pixar movie that I really like where uh, the main character is like playing the piano and he's seen his whole life and all of the things that he loves about, you know, the world. That has always really hit me. I mean, especially now that like I've actually grown and have something to be nostalgic about. Yeah, I think this movie just hits a lot of emotional, great emotional beats for me. I completely agree. And I did forget to mention that with Ego too. That flashback scene, like I feel like it gets me every time. Like it is just like pure emotion, I think. And it's hard to capture that, especially in a movie, uh, you know, about a rat cooking. So I think that was really, really well done too. Yeah. The cooking stuff, I agree, is so cool, Katrina, because like I enjoy cooking and I, I like it, but like there's a whole nother level of it. Like you said, that idea of just like smelling stuff and understanding the way like flavors work together and just you can like throw it all together and have never like known like done it or done it before tasted it and just create something special like I, I am envious of that a little bit so I appreciate seeing that in the movie it's really cool um you know I'd, I'd love to see Remy on Chopped honestly that's the the next take I need to see um other stuff talking about Paris I think it's, it is so cool and beautiful in this movie because it is just like a fantasy of it it's like what you imagine Paris to be and that's it's perfectly okay because it's an animated movie and it's it's almost creating this beautiful dreamlike version of it and I really appreciate that and like the, the colors and it's just like every time you look at it it's almost just like a random street that's glowing and even in my background kind of just the the way the pinks and the blues and the sunsets and it's really just this perfect idealized version of it. I hope Katrina, when you go or I go one day, it is as uh, as we hoped it to be. Uh, but but I don't know. We we both live in a big city, so we kind of know what to expect. <laughs> I mean, New York. New York's got nothing on Paris. All those. I mean, I mean, I love New York. Don't get me wrong. But um, yeah, I just like I've never even been there. See, I like I'm nostalgic for something I've never even seen in my with my own eyes. Yeah, I was supposed to go to Paris on a study abroad. They got canceled by COVID. So that sort of just compounded this love for this movie and this sort of glowing idealized version of Paris in my head. It's taken away from you. One day, one day, we'll get there. Until then, Ratatouille is there, thankfully. Um, I think Brad Berg's work as a director is really good here. It's particularly like those action scenes like you were talking about, Cody, whether it's him ch being chased for the documents through the streets of Paris and he's gliding off the off the bridge over the water or, or even like the scenes where he's being chased through the kitchen like all the zooming in and out from big to large and uh just kind of the way it plays with perspective and the camera moves around is just all really expertly done and uh even though it's like a movie that you wouldn't expect to have good chase sequences or good action like that there is a like 
there's quite a few of them in this movie that I think work pretty well. And I think, and it's weird, but I think this movie a little bit did help him get like a Mission Impossible movie, just because it does have like really fun and like inventive action, which you wouldn't expect from Ratatouille. So I do like that a lot. One other thing I want to mention: the Incredibles. I mean, I have to shout out the cast. I don't know why Corbin was uh, bragging on Patton Oswalt earlier, but I needed to, need to, uh, you know, share my piece. I think he's ridiculously good. I think he does have a really good, just like voice actor. Uh, kind of voice which obviously lends itself to this movie but his like interactions with everybody especially his family i thought was really good too like his dad of course in, in a pixar movie is you know the, the dick dad or whatever but i thought like his back and forth like he can go from like yelling and then straight into like all the cooking stuff too so i think Patton oswald's great just gotta throw that katrina do you have any last good things you wanted to mention yeah um i wanted to talk about colette because i was like young and in love with her for a reason I didn't understand yet um but I like that she while being the uh romantic interest always sort of stays the same like she softens a little bit but she also like tries to slap Linguini at the end but doesn't follow through with it um you know she's a she's a strong female character I guess we'll say um, and I got like, this is maybe for the bad, like, there's no way in hell this movie would pass the Bechdel test. She's literally the only female character, like, like not even named or unnamed, only female character. Well, there's but, the old lady in the beginning, Katrina. She doesn't speak. <laughs> she doesn't even speak once. It's, 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 bad. it's bad. She shoots a gun, though. Hey. No, she <laughs> she's, a gun. Yeah, she's a strong female character. She destroys her own house. She's, uh, she she's something to aspire towards yeah colette is fantastic there's not enough of her there's there needs to be more it kind of sucks like the like their real i don't love their romantic relationship and maybe we can get into the bad for that because it's just like remy forcing them into like kissing just because he doesn't want to get caught and then you know of course the the pitfalls of linguini falling in love with her and that ruins his relationship and just all that stuff to me is uninteresting uh colette in the training scenes where she's kind of teaching like those moments where she's like you know this is how a kitchen runs we keep our you know arms in tight like that stuff is super interesting to me and i and i love to see that and it's cool the way that she has that character moment at the end where she speeds off but then she remembers like the gusto motto you know anybody can cook and then she comes back and you know helps honestly you know save the day and we, without her they would have uh failed miserably <laughs> i think her and the rats of course of course the rats cody i i have more bad but i'll let you uh say a couple bad things yeah uh a couple just like weird uh kind of obvious ones i guess out of the way first but first off like why is anybody speaking english in this movie um you know kind of doesn't make sense i guess you can just look at it as you know everyone is speaking french and it's just being translated to english well <laughs> that kind the of accents works. are all over the place too it's right the accents they make no sense so we'll just we'll uh, glide right past that my big thing too was um just the old lady what, what's she doing she's just shooting up her house just trying to stop like two rats one of them is pretty small and he's like hanging out with the spices in the cookbook so i don't know what's going on there but i don't know i feel like that's just a bad move uh i mean i should have done a shot counter because i think it was at least like 20 25 and and it was all going downhill from there obviously yeah i really uh would not recommend that as a way to control any rodent problems uh katrina would you uh You've you've seen some rats in your day. What's your recommended recommendation? How do you take them on? Oh my, 
I I have been actually I haven't been lucky with rats. I kicked a New York City rat. Uh, so the foot, the foot is I your preferred fully, weapon. Yeah, I guess so. Like I fully was walking down the street very late at night, fully kicked a rat that was scurrying from one trash bag to another. I felt like a real New Yorker in that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, they can be kind of cute sometimes. Not when I'm kicking them with my almost bare feet, but um, <laughs> I did see one grab a little piece of garbage and then just jump away like just like two little hops into a hole in the wall loved that it was far disappearing into small spaces that's that's incredible stuff i can appreciate yeah. that yeah <laughs> find a crack in the wall and just who knows where they're going down to see uh down to see the ninja turtles probably alfredo linguini that is such a stupid name come on can you can anybody defend that for me anybody <laughs> I mean, he's the son of a great five-star chef, Corbin. What else are you going to name him? Well, Linguini is not – it's his mother's name. So is, what, is his uh, dad whatever. just like her because her last name is Linguini? I mean, it's a, it's a different culture's food. I get – not, you know, a different nation. You know, Italy, shout out Linguini. But I, I don't know. It's just terrible. There's no – it's indefensible. Well, his full name is a dish. Alfre- Alfredo is like – The, yeah, yeah, yeah. the sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess – if your guy's name is going to be Linguini, yeah, name yourself Alfredo, but I just really hate it. I, I can't stand it. It's supposed to convey how he is also gangly, like a piece of noodle, obviously. <laughs> right. It, it is, uh, they, you know, you name people after what they look like and probably as a baby, he was a lot. It's, it's name baby. determination or determinism. <laughs> it, yeah. Nature versus nurture. Who knows what will happen? I will pick it apart a little bit too. Um, I don't like how they use like three different voiceovers. For an entire movie, I think voiceover in general is kind of starts lazy. with narration, turns yeah, into the ghost of Gusto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Also, that's kind of not interesting either, but I still like it. But I think that the opening is fun with him like jumping out the window with the book and then that narration. I think that's at least you like a good freeze frame, Cody. I do like a good freeze frame. Shout out. Um, and then the ego voiceover is good as well, but I think in between to have you know Linguini step in is is a little unnecessary, but. I just don't like voiceover. So that uh, that's a very nitpick. I also think you're nitpicking a lot here, Gorman, too. I'm not going to lie, but it's tough with Ratatouille. You know, you got to go deep. I got to, you know, I just got to speak my heart. Katrina, <laughs> is there anything bad that you you think, what, what doesn't work for you here? I guess I'll nitpick a little, too. I think that the, the thing that makes Linguini and Remy split, like Remy and the rats stealing from the kitchen, I feel like that is, like, an incredibly like thin argument because like Linguini expected more from his rat friend like they're they're street rats like (laughs) you think he'd be a little more understanding about sharing the food at this at that point it's what three star or whatever this very fancy restaurant I think I would I would have been more understanding if I was Linguini Uh, but again that's a nitpick little chef come on (laughs) <laughs> I, I agree 100 i mean this is a rat that literally yes controls you but like you can't speak to him like what do you, who knows maybe he thought you were chill with it he thought you were you know just giving the food away complete misunderstanding um the soup if it was that bad how did remy save it come on that's just, this movie takes so much care to like make the kitchen feel like correct in the, the art of cooking but to me that soup is it's un, un, there's no saving it 
and he, he did like vomit immediately. <laughs> he literally was puking. He's like, all right, we'll add a little bit of water and then we throw some spices <laughs> in and bam, it's it's the finest soup in France. It like changed colors too completely. Hey, Remy's Yeah, it different. was red in one scene and it was like a clear broth. <laughs> Remy's him. You can't argue against it. Let's move over to the ugly. Cody, do you have any uh, ugly? I'm sure you were going to. Well, there's some obvious stuff, but I'll go to the fun stuff first. My major question after a rewatch, which I never really thought of before, but where are all the female rats? I genuinely don't know. Like, wh- like where's Remy's mom? I think I feel like that would be an interesting relationship I want to see. You know, no love interests for Remy. I don't know what's going on there, but I'm just very confused on, on where all the female rats are, I guess. I, I have no idea. It is a little confusing. My be- my second big one. Um, you know, rats are where just cooking at? in the kitchen and we're acting like we're okay with it. Mm, so they wash their hands, Cody. They did. You know, Remy, even before he touched that soup, he he got a little little speck in and gave a good wash. But the big thing with the rats in the kitchen is mostly that they like tied up the health inspector. So I feel like somebody definitely should like be arrested for that. I don't know if like Linguini got thrown in the cling for a couple of days or, or what's going on, but probably uh, not the best sign, I'd say there. Cody, we've seen French prisons in Catch Me If You Can, and True. I do not I've wish that it. upon Linguini. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully it's not that bad there, but yeah, that'd be tough. There's a there's a an end ending line in this movie where Remy says, "Of course they ratted us out." I think that's a little insensitive, you know, saying that ratted us out. Hey, come on, Remy, like throwing around. Seriously, that that's a little gross to me. Um, and in a kids movie, it's rated G, like we mentioned. G shotgun ratted us out. It's terrible stuff. In the real world, do you think rats get a bad rap, Cody, or or are you really actually this anti rat? Uh, I don't really like rats in the real world. I I just like them in in the ratatouille world. But um, I don't have as much experience, obviously, as as you guys not living in in New York. But from my small experiences, uh, I, I'm no friends of rats. So yeah, this movie uh, basically has the same ending as The Departed, Cody, which I think is pretty ugly. It's just a rat look overlooking a city. In this case, it's a sign. But uh, I, I just had to shout that out because, again, I hate that ending so much. So I, mean, it's, I, I guess I hate this one, too. <laughs> yeah, true. It is similar, I guess. But there's no, like, actual rat that runs out. So also the departed ending is, is very good. So no, no defensible. Yeah. <laughs> Katrina, what's ugly about Ratatouille? He got anything? I think I... Think I go back to i'll go back to something that you both were talking about like when all of the rats are cooking they're like i know that they like they got into the the uh the machine and cleaned off there's no way a single hair didn't at least didn't make it into that food and i think that that that's horrifying to me personally (laughs) um ugly like that's the ugliest thing but what about the thing, you know, you ever hear that thing where it's like, every time you eat food, there's 50 rat hairs in it already. <laughs> it's like, I mean, you're just having a slice of pizza in the city and, you know, there's probably 20 in the dough and, you know, how many bugs are in those tomatoes? I mean, come on. It'll be yeah, I mean, I'm sure like, yeah, New York. Yeah, absolutely. I have ingested many rat hairs, but it's also like that. I don't know if it's a myth, but it's that thing of like, every like every person like unknowingly swallows like 10 spiders in their life same thing yeah exactly i don't know as long as i don't know had i been a customer at gusto's that night and then found out that they were shut down because of rats i would have i would have been scarred also i mean germs is an issue but supposedly they were cleaned 
like that doesn't stop diseases though. Like I know these rats are just, you know, they've been everywhere. So you're definitely catching something. I think if, if you're eating there that night. I agree. Overall, not great. Rats cooking food. Chef Skinner, also not a good dude hiding, you know, Linguini's birthright, trying to steal the restaurant away, uh, wanting to murder the rats, obviously animal killing. And then the forcing the alcohol on Linguini to try to like get the truth out of him. That's some tough stuff as well. Skinner, bad, bad man. So got obviously the villain is terrible, <laughs> but shout out to shout out to him. I think also, I completely forgot about this before my rewatch, but his whole tiny storyline with like commercializing gusto food is an interesting, like very uh, small critique of commercialization. Uh, but Shout at Disney, Walt, you yeah, know, commercialize I mean, your, your figurehead of, of old and sell them off in a million different ways. Uh, he definitely didn't need it, you know, to to make him come across as more of a villain, but they threw it in anywhere, just anyway, just for kicks. And I enjoy that. Is there a Gusto uh, spinoff food that you would like to try the most? I mean, he was talking about corn dogs at the end there. He, he, like he was trying to invent them. He thought he, yeah. he, thought he invented corn dogs. I, I, I would try the Gusto corn dogs. Um, and there was some sort of... Uh, was it tamales they were making? I'm not sure. That I'd be interested in that. I mean, Gusto. If it's got the Gusto name, I'm sure it's going to be good. That's what that's what they always say. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right. Invite, fight, night. I totally invite your personal friend, Spider Man. I want to fight you, Hans, Bobby. I'm your white knight. Cody, who would you want to invite on the pod from this movie? This this is a tough choice. I think we can go a lot of different angles here. I ended up going with Emil, who we haven't talked too much about, which is Remy's brother. Um, I just really like his voice, actually, too. So I think on a podcast, he'd be good. But he, he's kind of got the entire scoop, I feel like. He's kind of got some good Remy childhood stories that we haven't seen. He could also give us kind of the insight of what happened to the colony, um, you know, during the Paris, you know, whole debacle when they ended up there in the sewers. So I think he's, he's kind of seen it all. He's got Remy's stories. He's got his own. So I'd love to see him on the pod. Yeah, I mean, how far did they... Tr- Truly, how far were they from Paris? There's there's a big journey that needs to be addressed, and I think Emile's backstory would uh, would definitely garner a lot of views. I'm sure the, the kids would love it. <laughs> True. I think Dude. Anton Ego for me is the obvious choice. I I don't want to really say that what we do is like criticism. This is more just like fun talking about stuff. But hey, let's get the real critic on the show and let him break down a movie. I'm uh, I'm sure he could give uh, a lot of uh, interesting and well thought out critiques of, of any movie is there is there one that you would imagine anton ego talking about cody i, I we gotta do something food right yeah you could he'd be a great first friday five for the bear talk about the, do ego on the bear i like, mean uh, we've never done chef so maybe that's yeah. the one i hate burn i don't like have you ever seen i burn, like that movie katrina i've seen it's been on my netflix it's netflix has been pushing it to me coops yeah they're trying to get the b coops hive ready for maestro and <laughs> i don't know about all that i'm not a burnt fan uh, i so, like it Maybe we can tear that one apart with ego. (laughs) Who would you invite on a podcast, Katrina? I would invite Horst, who is the I killed a man with this thumb chef, because just all of his, you know, different. I would love to hear about he robbed the largest bank in Paris with a ballpoint pen. Um, Clearly, he can kill men with with his thumb. (laughs) I think he has a lot to say. Literally, I think really any of the uh, the chefs. The one who ran gun for the resistance. Like I, I've That's seen what this- I was, I, that guy, I couldn't remember his name, but yeah, I mean, Horst, first of all, Will Arnett. Great. Yeah. I actually do appreciate his performance in this movie, but also, like you said, there's just, there's endless stories. It's a different one every time we might have to bleep some parts potentially, but 
I, I, I would like that as a guess for sure. That's very controversial, I'd say. He's got great one-liners too. So I think it'd be perfect. Yeah, I like that. Good for the uh, the TikTok clips. <laughs> True. Fight. Cody, who do you want to fight? <laughs> so I have a weird pick. I want to fight uh, Skinner's lawyer. Basically, I think he's just a bit contradicting himself. Uh, so, I mean, he, he's straight up just calling Skinner crazy the entire time. He's going on the Remy rant, which, you know, from an objective perspective is, is pretty fair. It's a crazy but, concept. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But in, then at the end, he's like, oh, you know, the first sample we we got of Linguini. Oh, it was rat hair. He's like, oh, you didn't think, you know, bringing that up earlier, maybe would have connected some dots or something. I don't know. I, I just feel like he deserves a, a fight for that alone. Yeah, definitely. Katrina, who do you want to square up with from this movie? I'll fight Skinner. I think I'm I'm a very short person and he's a very short person. I think I, you're still taller. <laughs> yeah, probably I am. But I would just, it would be punching down, but that's fine. Hey, we always say to take on somebody that you could stand a chance with. So I completely get that. We're, we're always punching down in this category. For me, the big ass rat, the, you know, the one that's kind of the muscle for a meal. That guy is yeah. such a bully. I want to eat my foot will maybe meet him. Um, and then Linguini, specifically when he was sleeping, like I get he had a long night. He had to clean the kitchen. But why would that dude not wake up? <laughs> come on. Remy was pulling it. Aside. That was so, oh, come on, Linguini. Be better. Wake up. So I, those are my choices. The big ass rat and, and Linguini asleep. I agree with the Linguini sleeping one. I almost knighted the big rat. I'm not going to lie. But wow. I my okay. fan favorites. Yeah. Well, who would you knight then, Cody? <laughs> My night, and we already talked about her a little bit, but it, it's Colette. Me, I think she is a bit of the unsung hero in this movie altogether. Uh, like you're saying before, Corbin, that scene where she's kind of just taking him under his wing and and showing him the ropes and everything. One of my favorite scenes in the movie, I think, and it really does just build like their connection really well. So, I think she does doesn't get enough screen time, and yeah, definitely deserves a night. Katrina, what about you? Mine was also Colette for all the reasons that Cody just said. I mean. She's badass. She's a badass. She's got a little motorcycle. She's drifting really? around. I mean, yeah. She, she is the manic pixie French woman of my dreams. I mean, she's not manic pixie, but you know. The, the, <laughs> like, but there's a little bit of like, uh, not combat boot, but like the dark energy. You know, the, yeah, for sure. She was also, we went three for three here. Colette in the night. She's, she's getting the official, the cap. Uh, I, I, that's pretty rare to happen. I don't know if that you've ever, ever seen it. I did have a little bit of a backup though prepared. It's just Pixar opening scenes. You know, Cody, you shouted out liking this one, but I mean, they do it well repeatedly. So just shout out to Pixar there. Um, you know, the first 10 minutes are, are hopefully going to grip you. The recast. Bond. James Bond. My name's Bond. James Bond. The name's Bond. James Bond. The name's Bond. James Bond. I'll start, I mean, Sean Astin, wouldn't that be a great just like pick to play Remy, uh, you know, Patton Oswalt, get out, show me that, uh, show me uh, the dude, Bilbo Baggins, what's his name? Which one is he? I don't even know. I've never, I hate the Lord of the Rings so much. <laughs> I don't actually want Sean Astin to play Remy. Uh, I just, for some reason, always think he's in this movie instead of Patton Oswalt. I get him confused. I don't know what it is, but uh, I think I've said it many times to Katrina, <laughs> not even on purpose. I don't love that if I'm being honest. I mean, Rudy, he's okay in that. Stranger Things, you love Stranger Things. Oh, he's a he's Samwise. Yeah, he's only in one season of Stranger Things, and he gets Samwise taken out by a dog. So I don't know. He's okay. Who would you recast, Cody? I do have a good one here. I think, and 
I want to take out Remy's dad. I don't even know who, who the original guy is. His his voice is actually pretty cool. Um, also, his dad's name is Django in this movie, which I did not know until I looked it up. So that's cool. Weird. But basically, I, I just want to replace him with Christopher Walken. Um, just for the connection of the two mice speech. Two mice. <laughs> from from uh, and in a cream. <laughs> obviously just an iconic moment from catch me if you can and i just want to hear him you know monologuing about mice in this movie so yeah i'm here for it just another disappointed father taking on another disappointed <laughs> father role True. i mean that's that's his stereotypical role too like he's a perfect i think fit in this cast uh you know from a character standpoint too thoughts on michael sarah taking over as linguini is that a better pick does that save the movie maybe for me it does give me some alan energy in there I think live action maybe, but uh, the red hair would. Well, he was he had red hair for Alan actually. I don't know. I actually kind of like that. Um, make a live action Ratatouille. I'd watch that. Katrina, who would you recast? I have two, if that's okay. Oh, yeah. I would also recast Remy's dad, but I would I would choose Richard Kind as Remy's dad. I I am always delighted to hear Richard Kind's voice. Um, I think that he would, I mean, it's not supposed to be a funny character, but I think he could have made him a funny character. And then maybe this is cursed, but as I was watching the movie yesterday, I thought, what if Ben Platt was Linguini? <laughs> I think You're if there were, I think if there were ever actually a musical like if you brought ratatouille the musical the tiktok musical to broadway i think it would be ben platt that feels inevitable to me he's got he's got the like curly hair he brought on the like the whininess a little in theater camp which i love uh i think he could do it you're here to defend uh ben platt to the depths of the earth the, the ben platt renaissance is coming back not not in dear evan hansen <laughs> there's no excuse for dear evan hansen but i did love theater camp I'll give you Richard Kind, Ben Platt. I mean, listen, I think it's better than the current. Like, I'll take it. Like, it's it's an upgrade at the very least. And you, what about, because, you know, it, the Ratatouille the Musical was the No Hard Feelings kid. Like, that's who was actually in it. You want to take, you're trying to clutch that away from him? That is another Platt? Evan Hansen. That's another Broadway. That is, oh, you know what? You're right. There is a connection. They could hire any of the Evan Hansons and it would work. Noah, Noah Galvin, who was also in theater camp, could be. Could be Linguini. All right. Okay. You've we'll take any of them, but <laughs> you've convinced me. <laughs> Maybe you know we'll do another thing. We'll let Ben Platt be like sixty and then play the role. He's he's always got to be too old for the roles he's playing. Cody, any other recasts? I did have one more actually, um, and I want to replace the meal, who I was saying I, I think would be an interesting character, and I do think he has a good voice too, but. I just wanted to insert Christopher Mintz Plasse into this movie. Uh, I think McLovin in a rat role would be just really fun. His voice, I feel like when he was younger too, would just like pop off the screen. So to make his brother just a little bit more memorable, I thought, you know, bring in McLovin. Yeah, I mean like, you know, anytime, let's just get more fun rats, throw, throw in anybody. All right, rating. Do you like me? Out of 69, Cody, what do you want to give it? I mean, obviously I'm very high in this movie. I think I'm going to go with 64 out of 69. I think that's very respectable for my repertoire. Probably on the hinge of, of my top 10 of movies we've done on the podcast. But yeah, definitely animated-wise, one of my favorites. Five-star for you. Katrina, oh. I know you you don't really, you don't rate things. So this is maybe a harder exercise for you. But what would you give it? I'm going to give it a 62. Okay. Because You're right again, up there. 
yeah new per near perfect movie for me um yeah i don't like to rate things uh, but on it's in the top 50 though like you said yes exactly so i don't i don't i what is what would the like if it was out of 100 instead what would the what is, what is 62 math is so it's it's a bad <laughs> numbering system it's hard to do we we failed perpetually uh we're stuck <laughs> with it uh so i really couldn't tell you i mean I think that's an A minus though. A 62 sounds like an A minus on this scale. Yeah. And I, I think it's a five star for sure. It's up. Yeah. That, that seems fair to me. Yeah. I like yeah. it. I think this is like a three star for movie for me. So I, I go 43. That's just kind of where I, I place it. Um, it's, it's at the bottom of the three stars. Uh, this is right above the amazing Spider-Man two. So let that go. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that's a brutal rating. That's a great movie, Curry. <laughs> Spider Man 2. Two and a half. Star I, might not, I like that movie, but no, that's bad. Andrew Garfield's incredible. We've talked about it. Go back to that episode if you want to. My hear boy it. Dane DeHaan. Yeah. Shut up. You might also like. Who knows? You might like it. It's a killer rush. Cody, I'm sorry if I stepped on it a little bit earlier, but <laughs> what else? Well, I was going to recommend, obviously, The Bear, but I've talked about that enough. I was going to hop on Chef a lot more. Um, and I think I had recommended it in one of our Streaming Rex episodes, but. I'll just do it again here. Uh, this movie's more of just a love letter to food, I think. And uh, John Favreau at the helm, I do think he's an underrated director. Obviously, he's gone more like Star Wars stuff, which I don't love for him, but this is just kind of his indie piece. And, uh, you know, he was given just a little bit of budget and said, hey, you know, go do whatever you want. And this is what he did. Um, just a really heartwarming movie. Like, if you're just looking for, like, a fun, you know, movie that'll make you feel good, I think Chef is an easy one to go to um best that just like animation wise too i was just thinking of like other movies with like animals in it obviously this is surrounded by rats and uh, i actually really like zootopia um i think uh, maybe that's got lost in the sauce here in the last few years with with recency stuff but i think judy hops similar like themes too of like you can do whatever you want you know don't let you know who you are or where you come from limitate you so i think maybe zootopia stole a little bit from ratatouille in hindsight as well so i'd, I'd recommend that one I'm a, I'm a big Zootopia fan, despite despite the copaganda of it all. Um, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, I'll throw out there as like kind of a food related kids movie. There's some real good okay. like food imagery, and you know, just it's it's all about achieving your dreams and maybe shooting too high. <laughs> um, and then the second one is not a movie, but I'm sure most people listening like know what this is. But Binging with Babish is a YouTube channel that like they'll take movies and from food and food and TV specifically. They've done like Ratatouille from Ratatouille and they'll recreate it and like show you how to make it. So it's really cool. Like if you like seeing food from, you know, your favorite stuff and you want to know how to make it and what it looks like, check out the Binging with Babish YouTube channel. I think that's a, a cool crossover with Ratatouille there. Katrina, what would you recommend to a Ratatouille fan? I would recommend... And this is only like very tangentially related. There's this rom-com, a Judd Apatow rom-com called The Fiber Engagement, which is like any Judd Apatow movie over long, but Jason Segel is a chef in it, which like has really nothing to do with anything really, but it's also an Ann Arbor movie. And I went to school at the University of Michigan. So I have a very, I have a very special place in my heart for Ann Arbor movies and he ends up working at Zingerman's which is like the deli in Ann Arbor overrated in my opinion but he ends up working there and then I would also something that's actually food related there is a chef named Samin Nosrat who has a book called Salt Fat Acid Heat um, and she also has a Netflix miniseries and she's like she's warm and she's 
funny and uh it's it's just like a it's a nice sort of bake-off-esque watch just good food good vibes I've heard a lot of great things about that book I've, I've heard it talked about is it have you like read it and has it had helped you become a better chef at all <laughs> I, I own one cookbook. It is Claire Saffitz's Dessert Person. Oh, shout out. Bon Appetit. Rest in peace. Yeah, I would golden also, age. I was so attached to that whole cast, but I would also recommend Claire Saffitz's YouTube channel. But I have never tried to make anything from it. I have actually gifted it to my girlfriend who can cook. I don't I don't know if I'll ever aspire to be a good cook. I've I've been fortunate to be surrounded by people who can cook, and that's good enough for me. Hey, that's the important. You gotta just find somebody. That's you surround. That's the beauty of life. You know, find the person who can fill in the gaps for you. Let's move on to the final question. All right, listen. I got one last question for you. This is this is what I want to ask either of you. Would you honestly eat a meal cooked by a rat if it was like supposed to be good? You know, like if it was the situation of ratatouille. There's a rat that owns okay. a restaurant. He cooks food. Would you eat it? So is this real life or is this like real life? Like there one day there's a rat that starts cooking. Would you eat it? Yeah, I did. (laughs) Try anything once. What about you, Katrina? Could you get past it? I think I'd do it. Like, obviously I was talking about how much I'd be afraid of rat hairs earlier, but I would just look very carefully for rat hairs. I, I, I would also like, if I knew that the chefs were the, at least one chef was a rat, I would kind of accept it as the risk I take dining there so yeah i would do it i like that you know in paris yes new york no i think that's the the proper take to go you know i i wouldn't trust him here but you know sure french rats let them in the kitchen it's a different thing cody what's your final question okay so my final question i don't know it's it's kind of a difficult one for me so i want to throw it out to you guys but who do you actually think is the best chef in ratatouille there's a lot of good options there's a lot of good chefs i think couple up and coming on the rise couple ones uh you know not so much maybe but i think it's is it gusto i mean is that the true i mean he lost the thing is that's also the beauty of this movie it's about like how when you reach your peak you know you get your five stars or whatever like the only way the only you can only go down right so like maybe at the end of his career he wasn't the best chef but at, at the top i mean five stars eventually you know a name that could be commodified and commercialized and sold across the world i think it's gusto he 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 sold the book to remy that taught him everything i don't know what do you think katrina i think it's remy because i mean they they pull out that that dish that was a, a the sweet bread he cracked yeah. it yeah which is enough going back to what we were saying earlier about like how did he make the soup better how did he make that dish better all he put on it was a sauce and there was like dog rose puree and like a bunch of gross sounding stuff like if it was that good i think that remy is the best chef that's a fair point he just he, he has the nose for it all it's, it's an unfair advantage maybe <laughs> that is true i think the nose is like an extra superpower along with kind of gusto's ideology i think gusto is the best ideological cook and, and probably the best maybe historically but uh i think that's interesting and I was kind of saying it before, but it is kind of like a cool metaphor of like just the idea of that anybody can cook. Gusto like unknowingly inspired a rat to return his restaurant to like, you know, this high accolade. So I think that's really dope too. But it's kind of like chicken or the egg who came first because they are pretty similar. I would let a I love I would let any of them cook me a meal. 
Colette, Horst, throw, everybody else. Throw them all. They're Skinner, They're even. Good. I mean, the man, the man could cook something. They're all better <laughs> cooks than than any of us, probably. Katrina, what's your final question? Mine is not Ratatouille related. I couldn't think of any, but it is Pixar related. What's your favorite Pixar short film? Let me look at the list real quick. Oh, actually, I know mine. Okay, so mine is um, I believe it's just called The Birds. Is that the title of it? Oh, For the Birds. There it is, For the Birds. So uh, this one, it's just really dumb, and I saw it when I was really, really young. But basically, it's just like a bunch of birds on like a, a telephone wire, and then like a bigger bird shows up and basically kind of takes it over, and they're kind of just like fighting back and against it. Pretty dumb one, but I think just nostalgia-based alone, I've probably seen that one like over 100 times. So uh, that that would definitely be my pick. Can I be honest? I'm not a I'm not a big Pixar short film guy. I don't even think I have a favorite Pixar short film. I'm, I was looking at the, I mean of like the the original ones that are produced like the pre roll ones. I, I I've seen Bow. I like Bow. I think that's well done. I'm sure I've seen For the Birds. I mean I know what Jerry's game is. I mean Jack Jack Attack. Is that a fair answer? Can I take that one? Because for me that's it. That's that's what I mean. I'm it's going valid. With. It is one, but also it's like it's it's IP based. You gotta. Well, yeah. <laughs> At least I didn't. Say, what's the new one? What's the uh the Carl's date? I didn't say that. It could have been worse. <laughs> have you watched that, Katrina? I have. I haven't seen Elemental or Carl's date. Well, I mean, Elemental is better. I real. I really do not like Carl's date. But it was the uh, the like the final thing Ed Asner I think ever did. So that's sad. Rest in peace. What's oh, your God. favorite Pixar short, Katrina? I have I love Pixar shorts, but I think there's one called Paper Man, which I think went before Up, but it's black and white. It's this guy who he he sees this woman on a train. She gets out, and then he try he like flies a a paper airplane to her with and she sent she gets it kisses it and that's the only thing that's in color and then sends it back it's just like it's completely wordless it speaks to the hopeless romantic in me but I also really like bow and I love this one with um it's a newer one I can't remember what movie it went before but they're basically like two umbrellas that fall in love which again Blue umbrella also- that was uh yes. monsters university I I did Probably. see that one See, I think the thing is for me, it goes back to where like I didn't see a lot of these in theaters. So if you didn't see them in theaters, you didn't you would usually wouldn't watch the short, I would feel like. But I did see Monsters University in theaters. So I've seen the blue umbrella. But Paperman, this does look interesting. I mean, the thing is, hey, send a couple of recommendations, Cody and I's way, and we could we can knock them out in like 30 minutes. I mean, the three movie mini draft of Pixar movies. Well, it is draft day. Katrina, since you're the guest, we're gonna do like a snake draft. So do you want the first pick? Second pick or the third pick. If you have the third pick, it'll wrap around. So you'll double up. I'll do the third then. Okay, you'll take the third. Cody, what do you want? First or second? I'll let you take. I'll let you go first, actually. I think I got first pick last week. All right, so we're doing a a movie draft. It's all Pixar movies. You're going to take three of them. I'll start. I'm going to go with my favorite Pixar movie. It maybe isn't the best one, but it's Monsters, Inc. That's, that's the classic for me. I love the jazz score of it. I think the voice actors are incredible. It hasn't been incredibly ruined by IP in its sequels. I think Monster University is an okay sequel. It doesn't get into like the, oh God, Cars really takes a bad turn or, you know, most of the Toy Stories are good. But for me, Monsters, Inc., it's incredible. Boo's cute as all hell. And I love that movie. So Monsters, Inc., yeah. first pick. 
that was my short list. That was probably going to be my number two if it slipped by. I'm actually going to stay away from Ratatouille, too, because I took it in last week's draft. I also took another Pixar movie, but I won't spoil it. This time, I'm going to take Toy Story 2. I think um, the Toy Stories as a trilogy are a bit overrated, but I think Toy Story 2 is extremely underrated. Uh, great villain. Really fun opening, too, where it's kind of just like sus- suspended against disbelief in a video game. Uh, you know, Al's t- Toy Barn. It goes on and on, but I like that movie a lot. So I'm going to take Toy Story 2. Introduction of Jesse makes makes the franchise better automatically. Katrina, you get two picks here. What are you going with? First, I'm going to go with The Incredibles, uh, which I don't have a ton to say about. It's just, it's The Incredibles. It's like maybe other than the Miles Morales Spider-Man movies, maybe the best superhero movie, period. Yeah, it's just fun. I, there, I feel like there's not, like, of course, you know, the themes of family and uh, with great power comes great responsibility and everything. But I just, I think it's like, probably the most rewatchable Pixar movie for me, maybe even more than Ratatouille. Only time they've ever done a good Fantastic Four movie <laughs> ever. So <laughs> incredible get, gets that. I That was my next pick. You, you took it right from me, Katrina. So good job. <laughs> what do you got with number two? I think I'm going to go with a newer one, Inside Out. I <sighs> love that movie. It makes me cry. And I, I really, I like all the voice acting in that movie too. Um, Phyllis Smith, who I love from The Office, even though I don't know if I'm actually supposed to. I feel like everybody hates Phyllis, but I love Phyllis. Um, Sweetheart. Yeah. Best knitter uh, ever. Yes. And I I like Amy Poehler. I love like Mindy Kaling, Bill Hader, like the, the voice cast is so stacked. Um, and I love a, a movie I was going to really unironically recommend for you know you might also like is the b movie it came out the same year same year as ratatouille uh, i don't think i saw that one in theaters but i think i just have an affinity for like good world building and sentient animals <laughs> so, i think hey the b may be similarly to ratatouille i think like for people of our age yes. it's, it's really like culturally significant and i mean jerry seinfeld <laughs> who can't who can't uh can't go wrong who can be mad no you can't go wrong at all those were two really good picks and probably the two i would go for next um inside out i think is like the peak of pixar doing like the all age thing where it's like no matter like this is very relatable especially to an older audience so um really good really good stuff there cody what are you taking man yeah i was definitely gonna take inside out next so that's a bit sad you know, last week I, I mentioned it. I took Wally. I feel like I should probably take it again, but I'm not. I'll take Finding Nemo instead. I don't know. I feel like Finding Nemo, I just didn't like Finding Dory as much. So maybe that brings it down a peg. Ellen has aged poorly. <laughs> I guess. I don't mind Ellen, but um, I think the first one is just a really fun ride. Uh, you know, everything with the pelicans and uh, the birds at the end. I think one of my favorite just Pixar scenes in general, the mine, mine, mine scene. Yeah, and everybody in that fish tank is, is really fun and memorable, too. So I'll go Finding Nemo second pick. All right, taking Finding Nemo right right out from under me. Okay. Just take Wally, dude. Well, you know what, Cody? I am going to take Wally. I okay. appreciate that you – hey, man, I know we picked it last week, but Wally legitimately is my 
that's actually probably my favorite Pixar movie, Beyond Monsters, Inc. I think it's the best one. Um, like you said, the fact that it can work as a silent, silent film, um, the environmental, you know, greater, you know, world connotations of it all. And it's just uh, incredibly beautiful and, and well rendered. The stuff in space is fantastic. When I used to have, you know, all those movie pictures on my wall, Wally was one of them. And uh, yeah, I got to go Wally. I also have two picks here. And my last pick, I don't love a lot of the new Pixar stuff. Lightyear, that's a really bad one. I'm not going to pick that. Onward, I'm not a huge fan of. So I think I'll just go classic here. I know it's not super original, but I'm going to take up. Uh, I think you can't go wrong with Doug and, and Carl and just the, the balloons in the house. It's so iconic. And the score is easily my favorite of any Pixar movie. Yeah. First 10 minutes. I uh, love above everything else. Okay. Um, my last pick, I'm very happy you didn't take it because I don't know what else I would have taken, but I'm going to go cars one um, a bit more nostalgia based, but uh, I think the first one is still pretty good. Um, obviously like Tomater is kind of a really annoying character, but I do like just the original story of, you know, this Hollywood hotshot racer getting stuck in this, you know, small town. And he's got to adapt. And yeah, I think the music is really good too. probably just, rascal flats one of the best uh covers of all time with you know life is a highway so shout out to the soundtrack as well big mater fan <laughs> of course you are <laughs> katrina what is your final pick i'm gonna go with the movie i referenced earlier a new one soul i i don't think most of that movie holds up um uh, like it's it's not if i were to rank all the pixar movies it probably wouldn't even crack the top 10 but the sequence where he's playing the piano in the end literally made me like clutch my chest sobbing because just all of those little moments of I'm I'm a sucker for that um you know like a little a little maple leaf falling onto your finger or like biking through central park like that nostalgia I'm I'm for it and also again score I think it's uh John Batiste yeah was or it's, it's Trent Reznor. I think and it's Ashton John Batiste and Trent Reznor and yes, Aston Ross. Yeah. I think the three of them all worked on it together. Which so won like, the Oscar. Yes. Um, I think all of the jazz obviously came from John Batiste and then like everything else, but like both are top notch. Yeah, that's a good one. And honestly, one that like completely was like because of COVID was just underseen and underappreciated. So uh, I, I appreciate the shout out there. Um, definitely people should see Soul if they haven't. All right, so my team is Monsters, Inc., Wally, and Up. Cody, your team is? Uh, Toy Story 2, Finding Nemo, and Cars 1. And Katrina, your team is? Incredibles, Inside Out, and Soul. I think we all did. I mean, the thing is with Pixar, like, we both, we all three had three great movies there. Um, once you get beyond that, 10, 11, 12, maybe things can start getting a little bit weaker. But I mean, these nine are all top tier movies, I would say. Um, and we didn't even pick Ratatouille. So uh, screw that movie. It sucks. <laughs> Last one here. What are you guys watching? What have you been into? Weekly watches. Karen, honey, uh, what are you watching? Katrina, what have you seen recently that you would uh, recommend to the people? Does it have to be a movie? It could be anything. It could be oh. people on the street, baseball. <laughs> ba oh, no, I watch too much baseball. Okay. <laughs> But I, something that I love, I think is terribly underrated and is cheap and accessible is a streaming service called Dropout, which is an offshoot of 
college like college humor okay yeah, yeah yeah they have their own like streaming service it's all like vimeo based so it's like a pretty easy and accessible ui but um they have a show called game changer like which is what you think it it sounds like uh the game changes every show the cast rotate the host is delightfully evil um and it's fun to sort of figure out the game along with the players and these are all comedians like they're they're all millennials but i'm close enough to that that i enjoy myself some millennial humor um which i can't believe i just said on a podcast <laughs> um i really kept myself to some roasts for my friends there it brings me a lot of joy because it's just so great to like either fully engage with or just put on in the background they're funny they're short bits and it's like six bucks a month which is like the cheapest streaming service that i know of at this point yeah a friend of ours jackson i know has talked a lot about just all the stuff dropout has, has done over there and has you know recommended very highly and i think i've seen clips of game changers on tiktok <laughs> so maybe I, I should take the plunge and, and give it a, you know at least a month trial and, and see what it's all about yeah i mean i recommend it highly enough yeah Awesome. Don't they they do they do like a D and D show as well on there? They, do, they have like forty different D and D campaigns. Like those are a lot of fun too. There's a, there's a deep catalog I've heard. There's a lot there's a lot of stuff, and I know I mean college humor obviously has existed for for a really long time. So those people you know know how to put out good content. Cody, what would you recommend to the people this week? Yeah, I've been into a couple things. Been on like comedy movies that i i watched when i was younger for some reason obviously we were on the cool runnings train last week so i was like hey let's go down nostalgia lane so i watched first off major league uh which is a really fun comedy i think i think that still holds up a lot too bob euchre shout out to that guy i think most underrated actor um and then the other thing i checked out too was Spaceballs, which was sort of a catch-up because obviously uh, our friends the rcr did a podcast on it and i just wanted to watch it again before listening to that but Spaceballs is a great classic comedy. Um, it's kind of like spoof movies like that don't get made anymore these days, which kind of sucks. But uh, Mel Brooks is a genius, and uh, I still want Rick Moranis back in Hollywood. So I, I would recommend both of those highly. I've honestly never seen Spaceballs, but uh, maybe, maybe this will finally be the time. <laughs> All right. Uh, running through a couple things real quickly. I watched Death Proof for the first time, which is like, I feel like the least seen Quentin Tarantino movie. And honestly, for good reason, because it's definitely in his worst one. <laughs> um, it's a fine movie. It's Kurt Russell playing like a weird serial killer who kills people with his car. Have either of you guys seen Death Proof? I've yeah, it's, it's the first film, right? I what'd so. you say? It's his first movie, right? No, 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 no. It was like 2007. Oh, really? No, I haven't even heard that. It was like, you know, I think it's like a dual thing where like Robert Rodriguez directed a movie and they released them together or something. But this hmm. it, it's like it's a pretty short one. It's I think it's an hour and a half hour 40. It's really strange. Uh, a lot of feet shots, though. It's probably the, the most feet heavy of all the Tarantino movies, which was uh, surprising for me. And also the thing that I thought was interesting, it is 2007 and it's kind of set in 2007, I want to say. And it's the last time Tarantino made a contemporary movie. And so it's like, there's kind of cell phones in it. And I don't think Tarantino will ever make a movie with modern day cell phones or really cell phones ever again. So it's kind of a weird thing to think about where it's like all these directors never make modern movies anymore. And this is the last film that he's made set in the time that he actually directed it, which is really strange. That's weird. I mean, he definitely won't make another modern movie. So 
this is his last one coming up, right? Well, yeah, allegedly his next movie is uh, Film Critic in the 70s or whatever. So yeah, he, he's going back to the old ages. Wouldn't recommend Death Group uh, is, I guess, my general <laughs> take there. Movie I will recommend, and I know Katrina will also recommend, Theater Camp, which I checked out for the first time. And I really enjoyed I was hesitant going in, you know, the Ben Platt of it all. And even Jimmy Tatro, I'm not a huge fan of. Um, so I was a little hesitant. I didn't love the, the uh, trailers a ton, but... I was laughing my ass off in the theater. It honestly is probably the funniest movie I've seen this year. There's been some like raunchy comedy stuff with like Joyride and No Hard Feelings that just hasn't really hit for me or hasn't worked on the same level. And this isn't like raunchy or bad comedy at all. It's it's just like genuinely funny stuff. The acting's good. I would just really recommend it. Check out Theater Camp. I'm not even a, a musical theater or a summer camp person. And I still like really enjoyed uh, the overall story. And, it was really interesting. Ayurveda Beery is great. We've talked about her many times in the podcast, Cody. Um, and uh, yeah, Molly Gordon, fantastic as well. Shout out to the bear. Um, better performance than, than what she had to do in the bear. Theater camp's great. I know, is it your favorite movie of the year, Katrina? It is my favorite movie of the year. I mean, like, like not the best movie of the year, but my personal favorite. I, I never, I'm a huge musical theater person and I never went to musical theater summer camp. Though if I could have, I would have. Um, so I was living vicariously through all those kids, but, and I, 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 I'm not a Ben Platt, I have to clear my name here, I'm not a Ben Platt apologist. <laughs> I did like him in that movie, I am not a Ben Platt apologist, but, um, yeah, I, I was laughing, like, every two minutes. It's just humor that speaks to me. Yeah, absolutely. I think this movie is, like, using Ben Platt his persona really well and really smartly for the character and it works and it fits in where, you know, sometimes it's like you're misusing him, especially at, at certain ages. <laughs> um, also shout out The Martian as a movie I watched on the plane. Classic. Love that movie. Uh, we talked about it before on the podcast, the whole episode, go listen to it, whatever. And then this other one, Battle of the Sexes. Do you guys know about this? It's Steve Carell and Emma Stone. Have either of you seen this? So it's, it's about Billie Jean King and it's about how, I can't remember the name of the character that Steve Carell plays, but basically he's this Jimmy Connors. I think it's that it's something close to that, but essentially he sets up this exhibition match to have uh, an exhibition tennis match against Billie Jean King, a battle of the sexes, man versus women. And it basically follows Emma Stone who plays Billie Jean King. And it, it came out in 2017, you know, fresh off the election of Trump. The stuff it's talking about is really important. It feels very of the moment. The writing is interesting, but like the filmmaking is just not great at points. The second half of the movie is really just like watching a tennis match and it is not very exciting or interesting. And a lot of it's like watching a tennis match as it's being broadcast in 1973. And I, I don't know, it, it was not very effective. I thought the characters were interesting. I thought it was a really cool story to tell, but it was just not very well-made movie in my opinion I, I don't know i wasn't a huge fan of it cody have you seen it i've not um it looked like more like a was it more like comedy based or kind of just drama well, that's it's like the com i mean like there's comedic moments but it's like the ironic like you don't want to laugh but like it's just like steve carell saying big basically being michael scott and saying like the most awful things ever and you're kind of like oh this is strange <laughs> throughout I, I don't know it's weird um yeah it, it's all over the place. It's all over the place. I, I can't say I would really recommend it either, but um, Billie Jean King, interesting figure in history and important advocate for, you know, LGBTQ rights and Title IX. 
they need to make a better movie about her i guess they probably have to be cast cast emma stone again but yeah kind of just a weird script i feel like yeah i also don't know about emma stone in the role (laughs) yeah fair i just like emma stone so hey she's great shout out to poor things coming soon to a theater near you katrina thank you for coming thank you for talking about ratatouille um i like the movie maybe slightly more since we've discussed it so i can can appreciate that and attribute that to, to both you guys it's an honor really <laughs> appreciate you uh sitting here with us and, and talking through it we would love to have you back do a movie musical draft they'll be here yes that is gonna happen uh we're gonna pull out all the punches and uh i'll have to watch like a lot of musicals between now and then but we'll, we'll be begin the preparation now <laughs> all right sounds good <laughs> cody as always, it's been a pleasure. Any last, uh, you, you went this entire podcast without saying what I thought you were going to say. So do you just want to say it one last time before we end things off? I'm not the fucking rat. Is that where you, yep, is that where there you? it is. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Cap classic. Stay, stay capping. Peace. Peace. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response Were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.